KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors, presented by Park Ridge Medical Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom and gain. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the Outdoor Hour. I am your host, Taylor Maples. We've got a special episode lined up for you this week. One of my favorite things that we've done with this show throughout the first year of its existence is constantly trying to tie back lessons that we've learned in the outdoors with their application to a lot of other areas. The show is playing on the franchise 1077, obviously a sports talk station. We've interviewed athletes. We've interviewed coaches. We talk a lot about the ways that sports and the outdoors kind of coexist. And in a lot of spaces, especially in the baseball world, the outdoors, the hunting, particularly the deer hunting world, really goes hand-in-hand well with baseball season just because the way the calendar falls, uh, a lot of the personalities of people involved, deer hunting and baseball really just go hand-in-hand. And with that in mind, we're excited to welcome Inside the Outdoor Hour this week, the one, the only, Dakota Harris from Oklahoma Baseball. Dakota, welcome Inside the Outdoor Hour. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Tell me a little bit more about uh, your experience at OU. This is your first year on campus in Norman. Uh, transferred up here uh, from a school in Florida, a junior college, if I'm not mistaken. Um, talk to me yeah. a little bit first about your baseball journey to Norman um, and what you're thinking so far. Yeah, I think uh, how I got here is really like, I was originally committed to Tennessee, and then um, that didn't work out, so I committed to Georgia. Didn't get an SEC release, so now I'm at Oklahoma. So it wasn't exactly smooth getting here, but God had a plan all along and exactly where I need to be. I love the uh, the coaching staff and just everything that comes along with it. It's unbelievable. How did the fall go this year? It was great. I think the uh, I'm excited for this season. I think the team we have is, Obviously, has a bitter taste in its mouth from from last year, so we're ready to get to work. I obviously have a little bit more of an intimate relationship with OU baseball than a lot. Uh, as you know, Dakota, I fill in and do some play-by-play for OU there. I was in Omaha last year with the team. I know the coaching staff well. One of the challenges that this club has had over the last few years under the leadership of Skip Johnson is that they bring in such high-caliber talent that they're losing guys year after year to the draft in really high positions. Um, how do you feel like the culture is down there in terms of you guys seem to know you're going to be competitive even though it feels like you're having to do it year after year with a completely different lineup of guys? 
Yeah, I think uh, I think having three freshmen that started in the national championship last year, I think that's a huge part of it. They're obviously they're only sophomores this year, but they're almost like veterans on the team because of the experiences that they've had. So I think that they're going to be impact players, and they definitely bring a fire to the clubhouse every day. So Skip Johnson, your head coach, is obviously an outdoorsman of his own. Um, how much was that an impact on your decision to end up at Oklahoma? Was that even a part of the factor, part of the decision? Well, it's actually funny because in Georgia I had like 2,000 acres to hunt, and before before all that went down, like I didn't really have much interest in Oklahoma since it, like they just reached out to me two two weeks before the uh, before I had to go to school. But once I once Skip like met my family and got to my house, he saw my bow sitting down because I just got done shooting it. And I don't know that he said anything about baseball really. It was more Reggie. <laughs> Reggie gave me the baseball spiel, and then after Reggie was done. Skip went straight for the bow, and that was that. Was that? This is one of my favorite things about Skip Johnson, and I tell everybody that'll listen: um, if you've spent any time around Skip, you've talked about bow hunting and you've talked about deer hunting. I have been oh, yeah. on buses with him. I've been to dinners with him. I've, I've been in front of him, not only with like recruits and families, but donors and people like that. And it doesn't take more than about five minutes in a conversation with him for it to turn into deer hunting. No, definitely not. Have you uh, have you shot bows with Skip? Yeah, so that's that's funny. Is uh, not long after he came to my house and saw my bow, or whatever. I came on a visit here, and I went to his house first thing, and we went on the back porch, and I started shooting his bow. He was like, "You got to shoot this." I'm like, "Skip, I I shoot righty, but he obviously shoots his bow lefty." He's like, oh, you just got to try it. You got to try it. <laughs> so, so I went out back. And funny story, actually, is he's got like a, I think he's got like a four or five, ten sight on there. And I was like, what is your top one at 20? And, your, and like the second one's at 30. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. So the first one, the target's at about like 30 yards. So I'm using the, the second one and I swing it over it. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, oh, try, try the top one, try the top one. <laughs> Sure enough, the second arrow is like money, and I'm like, "Well, that's that's funny." <laughs> then he goes on, then he goes on to tell me the story about him shooting the blind or whatever. But that's that's just Skip for you. He's, he's the best. <laughs> that's just Skip. I absolutely love it. Shooting wrong-handed off the wrong <laughs> pin. But you found a way yeah. to get it done. You know, Skip was actually, I got to give him a little bit of credit. He was part of the inspiration for this outdoor hour. Um, because like we said, everywhere you go with him, he's talking to anybody and everybody about deer hunting. And we yeah. were down in Houston last year um, for the Shriners Hospital Children's Classic. And uh, Nebraska had just been eliminated. Um, and they were leaving. And, uh, you know, Skip goes over and he's talking to their head coach and, um, you know, pats him on the back and says, hey, you guys will get him right. Uh, you know, have a good rest of your season, blah, blah. It's still pretty early. And he says, hey, did you kill any good deer last year? And they stood there for like 15 minutes just talking about deer. And I'm like, people need to hear these kinds of stories. So yeah, for sure. We got to thank Skip quite a bit for this show in general, just the inspiration. But uh, um, so you were a bow hunter. You were an outdoorsman before you came to Oklahoma. Um, what did you think about Oklahoma outdoors before you got here? Did you expect it to 
uh, present the opportunities that it has? Well, I knew uh, I knew it was the Midwest, and coming from Florida, it, I mean, it can't get much. The deer can't get much smaller, to be honest with you. Sure. So when when I came here, I was excited off the bat, but I didn't really have anywhere to go or really know anyone except for really Skip and Reggie. But uh, this is this is a cool story. Is I I was reaching out, I was knocking on doors, and wasn't really going my way. And the hunting season is like. Oh, probably four or five days away at this point. And I text uh, Craig. Yep. Well, I DM Craig on Instagram, and he takes me out to lunch and just, like, pretty much takes me under his wing when it comes to bow hunting, introduces me to Jace, and, I mean, obviously goes from there, but that that was pretty neat there. Yeah, so you're talking about Craig Griffith with Oklahoma Bow Hunter. Uh, Jace yeah. Brewer, who is uh, a good friend of mine, he's been on the show a handful of times. He actually works with my wife out at OBU as a softball coach. Um, I mean, we talk a lot about the relationships that are formed in the outdoors. You literally just kind of cold called on a, a direct message on, I don't know if it was Twitter or Instagram or what, but you got a hold of Craig and said you were interested in learning more about bow hunting in Oklahoma. Um, and, you know, you did the right things the right way. They obviously were uh, – impressed with who you are and the way you carried yourself and brought you into our little circle. Um, and man, it's been such a good fit. We're so glad to have you a part of this community, but, um, what, what has come out of that for you? How was this year? Did you get to hunt? Uh, what was the experience? Where did you hunt? You don't obviously need to give me names of properties or anything like that, but it seems like you found some good places to hunt. What was that whole process like? Yeah. So really like last year was my first year of like bow hunting. And I didn't get into it until, like, the end end half of the season. And like I said, like, the bow hunting in Florida isn't isn't nearly as good. But I saw, like, I saw some, saw some deer, saw a shooter, just didn't, I don't know. I don't know if I froze or what, but it was, like, the first encounter. And I was like, oh, man, like, he was looking at me. I didn't want to spook it, so I thought that I might have a chance later. But I ended up not taking a shot. He actually ran away because the coyote was – was trailing them and I never like I was like is that common I went to my buddy and he's like I've never seen it was that in Florida yeah that was in Florida okay and then uh when I get here I like I didn't really know much at all like I my first couple hunts I went with Craig and he was just teaching me everything I was just absorbing it and then I like I obviously met Jace and went out on my own a couple times and I didn't realize, like, man, like, not only does the wind play a huge factor, but, like, every little thing. Like, if, if there's a doe coming and I got to wait, and may, like, especially if it's in heat, then maybe a duck or maybe a buck will come. And I was just sitting, like, watching every move. And really, it's like it didn't start dragging on until, like, halfway through the season when I'd only seen, like, a couple spikes or whatever. And then finally – when it came down to, like, the buck we'd been seeing on camera, I don't know, like, I don't want to say, I don't know, like, uh, it wasn't too far away from from my house in Norman, I guess. Yeah, you've kind of got some urban spots, we can say that, right? Yeah, yeah, so pretty pretty broad there. But uh, the day of the sit, I was, I was sitting in the stand, and a couple doe came early, and then, I don't know what I had eaten for breakfast, but I like my stomach was growling. 
<laughs> so I was like, I was contemplating going home, but I had toilet paper in the, in my backpack. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I got down. I got down from the stand, and no need to go into detail there. But uh, I got down, and I was contemplating whether or not I should go back up. Because I was like, obviously, I made a little bit of noise coming down. And I was like, well, let's just give it. It was only like 8.30 at this point, so let's just give it a little bit more. I didn't have class till 10, 10.30. So I climbed back up in the stand, and that was the best decision that I've made when it comes to bow hunting in my life. Because not, like, not even 30 minutes later, this deer comes speaking, and it was, the, like, it was the one that we'd been seeing on camera. I was like, holy smokes. And I was shaking like crazy. Like, obviously, if you've been there, you know the feeling. And... I grabbed my bow, and this thing just coming straight, like straight towards the corner. Just, but obviously, he's in like that speaking phase or whatever it is. Yep. And he stops like at like 25 yards, and then he looks around, and I could have shot him then, but then he just kept coming, and then he came in a 15 yards, stopped him, and just he. I think he ran what like 25 yards and i saw him dead and i freak out and i'm calling calling my family calling jace and jace is like all right I'll just sit there calm down <laughs> he's like we'll, we'll be there so, <laughs> so i'm like sitting in the stands i'm like dude like i see him he's laying dead right there like i just want to go over to it and it was good it was good that that i waited because we got to uh um, Craig, Jace, and then my wife Alexis, we all got to go and experience that together. So that was a definitely blessed to not only have them like guide me, but to let me hunt some of their spots and whatnot. So that was, that was great. What was going through your mind when you're watching this buck walk up? Because obviously I've been in that position. I've had to scurry down a tree before, lean against a tree, you know, do that deal. Um, and I know exactly what was going through your mind in terms of, well, did I just ruin my hunt? Can I, can I get back up and try to do this? You obviously chose to stick it out and it was worth it. Um, when he came in, you said he was kind of in that seeking phase. Was he nose to the ground? What was he actually doing as he came in? Was he on a doe? Was he following somebody? There, there had to have been like, there had to have been a hot doe earlier in the day that took that same, like that same trail or whatever, because he was like, he was on it. Like it was obviously normally a mature buck like watch like every move they're making they're like they're watching you know what i mean yeah like this one his nose was in the ground and he was just coming it was like it was like a i don't know it was ridiculous like i'd never seen anything like it before this but then once i once i saw it i was like man this is this is legit we're chatting with Dakota Harris inside this week's Outdoor Hour. we got to take our first break here in just a moment. We'll have more with him. I want to talk to him more about this buck that he knocked down this year. Um, want to ask him a little bit more about his season, some of his experiences. You want to talk about a guy that has just dove in head first, is constantly learning. Uh, you can't find better than Dakota Harris. And I'm going to see if we can pick his brain and, and help cut the learning curve for maybe anybody else that is in their first season uh, of deer hunting and wants to grow. Um, before we get out of here, though, I want to talk about our friends over at Park Ridge Medical Clinic. If you're one of the 20 million men in America struggling with ED, check out Park Ridge Medical. Don't just fight the symptoms of ED with a pill. You can now actually treat the root of the problem. 
Park Ridge Medical has an office here in Oklahoma City that uses state-of-the-art, clinically proven technology that's called acoustic wave therapy. They're the only ones out there offering this kind of a deal. Um, they can actually repair blood flow, uh, repair blood vessels to re-stimulate blood flow to where you want it most. No pills, no needles. Um, it's an extremely comfortable office visit thanks to their all-male staff. Call Andrew at Park Ridge Medical Clinic at 405-839-7000. 405-839-7000. We'll be back after this with Dakota Harris inside the Outdoor Hour. Welcome back to the Outdoor Hour, talking all things outdoors. Presented by Park Ridge Medical on 1077 The Franchise. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. Segment two this week, chatting with Dakota Harris from Oklahoma Baseball an infielder from Land Lakes, Florida, that's in Norman for his first year, and it looks to be a pretty promising season for this team uh, that finished last year's national runner-ups. Dakota, glad to have you with us on the show this year. Hey, I know you uh, your recruitment process happened pretty late to Oklahoma. Uh, did you already know that you were coming to OU by the time they were in Omaha, or did it happen later in the summer? No, it happened later in the summer than that to be honest with you it's pretty cool then to have gotten to see that whole run unfold and then ultimately decide hey that's where i'm going to go to school yeah it was it would have been it would have been cooler if that's where i knew i was going but like i mean i was playing baseball in cape cod this summer and i didn't even really watch the college world series sure Yep, it's hard to do, definitely. It runs on through the summer, and like you're saying, if you're playing in the Cape or you're in one of those destination leagues, it, it occupies a lot of your time and all of that. Yeah, um, for sure. I know that you were hunting a saddle just a couple of weeks ago. You were back home in Florida for the holidays. You were hunting a swamp in a saddle. I have never yeah. thought about swamp hunting. Um, obviously, you know, in that part of the country, you think about duck hunting in the swamps and in the timber and what that would be like. Um is that kind of a typical experience around there for deer hunters? Yeah, I think like most of my buddies, that's what that's what they'll do. Especially when you're getting after a mature buck, like there's open land and there's orange groves and whatnot. But we've noticed that a lot of these bigger bucks will track and trail through the swamp, and it's, I mean, there's nothing like it if you if you haven't experienced it because obviously. It's just different. Like here you've got all these just wide open land and a bunch of trees everywhere. And they, they you've got like there you've got some open land but a lot obviously a lot more water. And the first time like first time I sat in the swamp, I just heard some slushing in the distance and you look and sure enough you see a bunch of doe coming in and you're like, I would like you couldn't have wrote this. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You sent us that video a couple of weeks ago, hanging off the side of a tree in a swamp. And I had never thought of this. So my wife uh, is from Florida. She grew up in Sarasota, not far from where you're from. Um, yeah. And they've got deer that will come into their yard. And every once in a while, you see a pretty good buck. You know, they're relatively small compared to what we get around here in the Midwest. Um, but you yeah. definitely see some that have some good antlers. And, uh, you know, a Florida shooter is still a good deer. But the way that you would go about hunting them is just so different. I'd never really thought of that before. 
you've got to have a completely different experience in terms of scent control because you're not laying down scent the same way on in water that you would be walking yeah. through a you know a cornfield or something. Um, but the piece that really challenged me was how do you trail blood in a swamp? Yeah, it, you don't you don't really like that. <laughs> I mean, you just it is like you just really have to be sure. Like once you do shoot it, you really gotta make sure that you do the job with your eyes afterwards, which is obviously watching the direction it's running. And it's a little bit harder for them to run in the, in the swamp. So if you take a good shot, like they're obviously not going to run as far because it's not like they're running on grass where they can pick up speed as much. Sure. They're more so like jumping up and down in the swamp, trying to get to where they want to go. So it's like, if you shoot it and then, you're watching and doing a good job after the shot then you'll be like it'll definitely make it a lot easier well you didn't have to worry about that this year on your oklahoma buck he went what like 25 yards after you shot him yeah that was definitely fortunate there being my first buck being my first buck and it going like going that distance i was asking jason craig i was like like how how far do they normally go because they both of them were like dude that's like that's awesome that's awesome I was like, well, like, how far does it, does it normally go? And they they said, like, what is it, like 50 to 100 yards? Yeah. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. I must have got lucky. Yeah. I've shot two bucks with my bow now. My one from last year went about 100 yards and bedded down in some really tall grass. Um, and my one from this year went, I don't know, maybe 45, 50 yards. It was considerably shorter um, yeah. but I, I've never experienced what you did this year where you actually just watch him go down with a bow. That's really just unbelievable. Yeah, definitely a good first experience there. So I know you saddle hunt. We've mentioned that before. What is your setup like? I've got a, uh, so honestly, one of the best things I did being a little more athletic is I, I got a trophy line. I think it's called a wingman or something. And I, did like a DIY conversion to where it's a one stick as well. So I can obviously climb as, as high as I want with the one stick. And it's like, it also is my platform. So it's like a two for one and you're only having to carry like one stick. So super minimal, minimal, super minimal. And it's also like, I love it. Like super lightweight and everything. So perfect. On the buck you shot this year, um, which way did he approach you from, and, and did you have to maneuver around the tree at all? How did that play out? So I was uh, – I was uh, I still had my saddle, but it was more like the platform was was the hang-on stand, which like I like to do like sometimes because it makes it obviously more – you can sit down if you want to and sure. whatnot. But he came exactly like – know how when you're saddle hunting you want to have like all right this is like my number one shot and then if he comes from here i could still shoot but like this is where i want him to go yep like he went right in that right in that sweet spot (laughs) of like man like this is perfect i think if you were to pull a hundred bow hunters on a deer that walks up a shooter buck is he gonna go right where you want him to go probably 94 of those deer hunters are going to say, no, man, a deer is never going to walk right where you want him to. No, I know. And that's, that's what makes it so crazy of like, I, I got down out of the tree. I climbed back up 
And <laughs> oh yeah, let's but, not forget that part of the story. Yeah, and he he comes in at 15 yards and stops. Like, I mean, I couldn't have written it up any better. And that's just that's just one of those scenarios where it's like unbelievable. I know you said you were shaking pretty bad. Obviously, I have been there. Anybody that's hunted big game knows that feeling well. And that's kind of why we get out and do it, right? Just that rush yeah. of adrenaline. Um, I do think, Jason and I talk about this all the time, especially as as baseball players, I think that we have the ability to tap into a little bit different mindset um, and I think it makes us good bow hunters. Have you found that bow hunting has impacted baseball or vice versa? Has being a baseball player had any influence on the way that you bow hunt? Yeah, I think it goes both ways. Like, And that's why you see so many baseball players that love it. I actually just got my brother into bow hunting as well. But uh, it's just like, that feeling that you can't get anywhere else it seems like like you you've got to work so hard at it you're going after this one particular animal to where like when it does work out it's like it's like getting a game-winning hit or whatever it is it's just that feeling that's like wow like that that's unbelievable skip talks a lot skip johnson your head coach there at ou obviously talks a lot about process orientation versus being outcome oriented how does that play out in bow hunting Oh, I think like, I think if you, if you're enjoying the process, just like in baseball, like when the moment does finally come, it's so much sweeter and you can cherish it rather than just like, rather than just the buck coming up on your first hunt. And obviously that's great too. Like if it's your first time hunting and you shoot a buck, like great. Like it's a lot harder than that. But when you can really like, like when you've got like 20 hunts and you have not seen anything and then the buck that you're after finally shows up that's just a whole nother feeling of like you just get that much more antsy and anxious. And I think back to my baseball playing days, all the hours that I spent in the cage, watching film, breaking down swings, whether they're my own, my teammates, guys that I'm seeing on TV, you know, to me, that's like the same process I go throughout my backyard today when I'm just shooting my bow, trying to get dialed in. Um, For sure. You know, I'll take you, you take batting practice and early BP and all that on game day, and I will never go sit if I don't have a chance to even just fire five or six arrows downrange before I leave my house. Um, you yeah, know, it's exactly. kind of that batting practice philosophy as well. There's just so many parallels there, aren't there? Yeah, especially like what you were just saying. It's like the mental side of it. Like I, I do not like going sitting in the stand and not firing my shots before I go because it's like you just have that confidence in your equipment. And it's like the same thing when you're playing baseball. Like it stinks to to go out and expect to like expect yourself to do well when you like haven't gone through your routine of like uh, hitting balls off the tee, doing like your normal just obviously your everyday routine of you field ground balls, you hit and then you just mentally prepare and visualize the whatever is going to happen and i think like it goes both ways with bow hunting yeah how can you expect to have positive results if your process is awful yeah and that's i mean like you mentioned earlier like that skips that's what skips like non-stop like that's his message right there this was the first year especially in oklahoma that you really were seriously a bow hunter 
Um, you mentioned the first couple of sits. You saw some does. It's amazing how much you can learn just being out there in the deer woods, seeing deer on the hoof. What were your biggest lessons you learned this year? Um, I think the – so there was a couple times, which I'm thankful that I did, is like when the word doe on me early in the season is like I would try and practice like pulling back and like seeing if they would spook and like just like those things that when the moment of truth finally comes, like you feel prepared. Then I think like doing that and then obviously hunting the right winds and making sure your scent is right and being quiet and not, not like being on your phone and looking up real quick, like just little things like that. It definitely like pays off when, when the big buck does show up, like you're, you're, you're more confident. Right. And that's, that's what you train for. So you actually would practice drawing back just to know what you could get away with? Well, yeah, like, I mean, I think it's, I don't know if that's weird or not, but I, like, I, like, I've seen some other, like, YouTubers or whatever do it, and I was like, well, I want to, I want to see, like, because I shoot a pretty heavy bow to where when the adrenaline's there, I want to make sure, like, I can pull it back just as slow and that it's not making any noise and all that kind of deal. So I would just pull back and anchor just to, like, have that feeling of, like, all right, like, that's what I want to hit. This is, I can pull it back like this and all that. So definitely prepared. That fires me up, man. That is just such good process. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) It's true because I remember the first time I had deer come in on me. uh, You know, it's such a learning experience of, even how much can I move my feet on the stand? Like if they come in, you know, and they're further to the left than I expected them to be, can I rotate this way at all? Yeah. How quickly, sure. how slowly, where do I need their heads to be looking when they do, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I never thought about, you know, I have gotten up and just been like, okay, what's it going to be like to draw from this stand? But I, even to this day, I've never thought about practice drawing with deer underneath me just to get used to that. That's incredible, man. Yeah, and it's and it's obviously one of those things where it's like it's it's not something that you would necessarily want to do and like actually like you want to make sure that the deer is not going to get spooked because what happens when the one does show up? So like you just <laughs> are careful and letting down is probably the hardest part, obviously. Sure, because that's obviously a little louder or whatever. But I mean, I, like nothing really got spooked then. That's fantastic. What was your biggest surprise this year? How, how many times I had to sit without, like, without really seeing much or, like, really just hunts that were kind of not boring because, obviously, it was my first year and, like, every hunt I was, like, still excited. But looking back, it was, like, man, like, the hours and hours and hours that you sit and don't have the buck on you, like, you're just sitting there. Yeah. I think that was, like, the like the biggest surprise of like these bow hunters are really like, you've got to be dedicated. And I think that made me like it even more and have that respect for it because like, and respect for bow hunters in general, because you can't like Craig, like bow hunted for 12, 13 years now. And the amount of hours that he sat there and hasn't shot anything is like, it's ridiculous. Jace talks a lot about bow hunting, uh, and deer hunting in particular, you are always the visiting team. 
right? Yeah. You're in their home environment. They've got the crowd. They've got the umpires on their side. Like every possible advantage goes their way. And I go one step further. It's like being a reserve player on a team on the road, yeah. you know, because you show up and you go through batting practice and you go through your stretches and you play catch and you sit there for, you know, eight or nine innings hoping that you might get put in the game at the very end. You know, Maybe I'll get to go record the last out or maybe I'll get to get in and see if I can hit a ball the other way um, and help my ball club, that kind of a thing. But, man, you're right. You can go through so many just dry sits where you're not seeing anything. Yeah, and especially in this wet, like being from Florida, not used to the cold. And I had like every single article of clothing just on, just shivering, sitting there. I was like, man, like this is this is going to make that kill feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, baseball players are that way. They're a little bit masochists in that way. You know, like you kind of just have to embrace the suck, so to speak. Yeah, um, exactly. It's a grind, man, and, and bow season is absolutely that way. Well, I will tell you my biggest surprise getting into bow hunting, um, and hopefully you don't experience this because you didn't this year, is once usually once you loose that arrow and shoot that bow at a deer, my experience has been that's when the hard work really starts because tracking blood, if they don't go down immediately, um, you know, that was really a rude awakening for me in my first season of bow hunting is, man, I shot a deer. I shot at a big deer. Um, where is he, you know, and I thought I was going to let him sit for 30 minutes and then just go stumble up on him and took tracking dogs. And, uh, you know, it was quite the ordeal over several days. And ultimately the deer wasn't dead. Um, and we're still chasing him now to this day. So, uh, that was my biggest surprise, but when you're shooting deer and they're going down 20, 25 yards away, man, that's not something you're going to have to worry about. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously that was, Hopefully I can continue to do that, but I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't expect it. Obviously, like you've got the the guys that do this for a living that are still that still miss. So like, yeah, just just obviously going to continue to practice and not hopefully not have to experience that. But it's part of the game, just like just like striking out is part of baseball. Yep, and there's a lot of things you can do to improve your process work on your routines to make sure that when you're in the right place at the right time, you can execute the way you plan. Yeah, absolutely. And it still might not go the right way. Yeah, that's baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dakota, thanks for joining us. we got to hit another break. Uh, When we come back from the following break, we're actually going to have Jace Brewer on the show. Uh, We're going to let Dakota go. I'm going to invite Jace in, and I'm going to talk to Jace a little bit about Dakota. I don't want to inflate his ego too much, but we are just so excited about this guy. Uh, Not only what he has brought to the bow hunting community here, but his future seasons here at Oklahoma playing baseball. Um, And we're going to have more with Jace talking about Dakota and the season that was here after this. Uh, Oki Hides is something I've been talking about throughout the entire year here on the Outdoor Hour. If you're still looking for the best hunting hide that you can find in the market, check out Oki Hides. Go to okihides.com. You can go back and check the podcast version of the show from last week. We had Roy and Rivers in studio here talking about their blinds. Um, we basically did an infomercial with them. I mean, we went top to bottom, talked about all of these products that they had to offer, what makes them unique. I'll sum it all up in this. They are the best overbuilt, over-designed hunting hides that you can find. They've got 26-gauge galvanized sheeting. These things are rock solid. 
uh, out there in the woods. Uh, they've got windows everywhere you need them, shelves everywhere you need them. The guys that make these blinds are welders and fabricators by trade, and they are outdoorsmen and outfitters by choice, and they've perfectly married their two passions together. Check out okiehides.com for the best hunting hides in the market. When we get back, we're going to sit down with Jace Brewer. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Dakota Harris. Dakota, man, thanks for joining us inside the Outdoor Hour. It's been great to get to know you this year. Congratulations on a successful season. We wish you the best of luck with baseball moving forward as well as we hope to get to see you, see you in the Deer Woods again soon. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Look forward to uh, hopefully sharing sharing the stand with you sometime. Yes, sir. We'll get it done. All right. Join us after this inside the Outdoor Hour. Now back to the Outdoor Hour, presented by Park Ridge Medical, with your host Taylor Maples on 107.7 The Franchise and The Franchise mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. We have enjoyed this week hanging out with Dakota Harris uh, from Oklahoma Baseball. And what a cool season he has had this year deer hunting. What a cool story he has uh, taken it upon himself to get to Oklahoma and to want to dive into bow hunting, to meet the right people, to learn what he needed to do. And I'm really excited to welcome inside the Outdoor Hour, Jace Brewer, who we'll talk with in just a little bit. And I want to get his perspective on Dakota and on some of the lessons that they learned together this year. Before we do that, I need to talk about my friends over at Pedigo OKC. You know if you've listened to the show at all that I've been using a Pedego electric bike to get around in the woods for the last about year now. It has revolutionized the way that I can hunt, the way that I can fish, how easily I can go, how far I can go. Let me just put it simply. If you've never ridden an e-bike, you need to. You need to get over to Pedego OKC. They're on MacArthur Boulevard on the west side of Lake Hefner. Go see Lance. Go for a test ride. It'll be the most fun you have this week. And if you mention the outdoor hour, they'll save you 10% on anything you purchase. So check out Pedego OKC. All right, Jace, welcome inside the outdoor hour. Welcome back, I should say. You've been on the show a few times, and this is one of my favorite things that we get to do with you is talk about how we can use the outdoors to give back to the community, to those around us, to influence lives, and what a cool story Dakota Harris has become uh, in our lives in the outdoor world, huh? It's uh, Yes, thanks for having me um, back, and it's been a fun year. Um, it's been a a year where I've I've learned things. Um, it's been a year where I've given given back and sacrificed some hunts for people. And honestly, um, that's really what it's all about uh, when it comes to the outdoors and really um, pouring into people, pouring into relationships, uh, discipling people. And honestly, as a Christ follower, that's really all I care about in the big scheme of things is discipleship and really um, pouring into kids like Dakota, whether it be hunting, whether it be throwing BP, whether it be inviting them over for dinner, whatever that may be, getting to know his wife, Alexis. And it's just been a fun, it's been a fun, trying, challenging year, but uh, the season's over now and you look back and 
I've learned a lot through it all. How would you grade this season? Uh, probably not super successful. Um, a lot of close encounters, a lot of close calls, a lot of uh, times where I'm walking in like uh, three days before the season ended, I'm I'm in position and I get up in the morning and I go that Friday morning to get a good hunt in and uh, look on the camera and all the big bucks are there at about 645, hmm. 650. And uh, there's a lot of those. There's a lot of times where um, obviously I was learning our new lease lands that we have, um, yep. what winds work, what winds don't, um, how they track and trail, uh, just the intel piece of what we need to know going in so we as a group can have success next year. Um, but there's a ton of successes when it comes to uh, Dakota shooting his first buck on one of our city spots um, and just relationships that were built. And honestly, the number one thing that I have learned is somebody can – I have a lot of energy and passion in the outdoors of just going and doing and figuring things out kind of spontaneously. And Dakota was that um, in a lot of ways for me this year. Um, he, I went hunting with him just because he had the energy to go hunt and learn this and his story about coming to Oklahoma and all how it all played out is pretty neat, um, honestly. And I wanted to be a part of that. So... You do sacrifice a lot, and, I mean, I need to thank you publicly as well. You you give up a lot of sits to go take me places and, um, you know, help me get into the right stand and the right wins. And I know you do the same thing with Dakota, and, and there's a number of people that are kind of under your wing. Um, why do you do that? Why do you work so hard to put other people in positions to be successful, even at the expense of your own season? Well, and I think, I mean, I, I get a chance, honestly, to hunt a ton, more than most people because I'm in a position where I've got older kids, I don't have a whole lot of things going on, my wife has her deal going on, my kids have their things going on, so I get a lot of mornings, um, I get a lot of nights after practice to make things work, so... I want, and I I really want to put myself in a position to continue to serve and sacrifice and make the most of building relationships um, with with hunters, with people in general. Um, And that's that's the part that I really do enjoy. I enjoy group hunts. Um, I enjoy taking people. Um, I definitely enjoy sitting myself at times, too, because it's so therapeutic for me um, to get out into nature and, and just watch just watch things move. Um, and when you do it, you realize how important it is to um, the mind and mental health and just being able to do those things uh, that we really take for granted. But... Um, yeah, it's been a good year. It's been a successful year uh, overall. I didn't get a buck down, but next year, plan on doing it together again and getting after it. 
we had Dakota Harris on the show this week, obviously. And as soon as you meet that kid, you know there's something special about him. Um, you told it to me. Craig had told me about Dakota. We all got together for a lunch, and, and it's like obvious that there's just something unique about this kid, and it really translates into his process and the outdoors, the energy, his focus, all of that. But what makes Dakota special in your mind, um, and, and how does that make him a better bow hunter? Well, I think it comes down to heart. It comes down to passion. It comes down to a competitiveness and an energy that you have to have. Um not just in the outdoors, but obviously in baseball. Uh, the skill sets that you have to have um, that work into um, bow hunting. And obviously his hopefully career path with baseball, um, That those are the things that make him special. He's a mature kid. Um who really thinks about it's very simple and it's very easy to see from the start once you meet him that he is not about himself. Uh, and he is a super respectful, super mature, wonderful kid that I, that the Lord has put in my life um, to just hopefully really sharpen each other Um and just the the baseball fix, me being a baseball player, him being a shortstop, I was a shortstop, played in pro ball, he wants to play in pro ball. It's just neat to see God just work in those types of relationships and um, really get to grow with each other in those things. What impact has he had on you? Um. I love I love college kids. I have a college kid of my own. I've got one that's a junior in high school. That's kind of that this is kind of the season that I'm in is loving on college kids and helping college kids and doing it from a softball perspective, a baseball perspective, a hunting perspective and it's just neat to see kids that I and and I go recruit and I go do all these things, but it's neat to see kids that are throwback kids. Need to see kids that are kids that are old school in their in their thinking and mature in their thinking. And I think my son Jax is a lot of the same way. Um, but you see patience and you see energy and you see passion with these kids in, in this world today, where you where you're worried about the future, you're worried about generations ahead of you and what is to come. You see kids like Dakota and Jax and these kids that I'm meeting through Dakota up at OU and the kids that we get to work with every day at OBU, and you see hope, and you can pour into these kids, and they can pour into other people, and ultimately that's what it's all about is that discipleship between each other. Well, I'm grateful for the influence you've had in my life, how the outdoors and sports have brought us together, softball specifically, obviously, and just the lessons that we've gotten to learn together. Uh, man, I'm really excited. I know it's the off season now. I know we've got a lot of work to do ahead of ourselves on this property. Now that we've been through it for a year and we know more of where they're tracking, how they're trailing, 
um, what deer are even out there, you know, what predators are out there, that kind of stuff. We've got a lot of work, but excited to get to go through that off season with you as well. Well, and that's the part that that's the work that's put in that leads that sacrifice, that work, that effort is what leads to the future successes of what we do, you do, um, the group does out there at that lease land. Um, that's the key to this is it's not personal me success, but us success and how can we enjoy the outdoors and enjoy the moments that we have together. That's the, that's the key to this. I mean, I feel really blessed that I did get a buck down this year and I got a buck down on our lease land. But the only reason I got a buck down is I was sitting in a stand that you had hung on a day that you told me I needed to go sit in that stand because the winds were going to be right. And, um, you know, you not only sacrifice hunts and hunts and, and, you know, financially and all of that for this, but literally when it comes down to it, you're going to put somebody else's butt in the stand on that day. And I got to benefit from that this year. So it's, it is my win. Yes. I get to, you know, post the photo on Instagram, whatever, but we know as a unit, that's a collective win for us. And, uh, it's just really cool to get to share that with guys like you and Craig and Dakota, etc. And that's the that's the cool part too is my successes are your successes and your successes are my successes and Dakota shooting one in my stand, my stand, whatever that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and you shooting one in my stand, whatever that doesn't mean anything. It's our stand, yeah. And we can share those successes together, and ultimately. That is why I do what I do and connect with the people the way that I connect with people because those are the meaningful experiences and those are the things, those are the legacies, those are the, that's what I want to leave with people is ultimately a, a team effort. Hey, that's what we teach every day. At OBU with our team, we had a we had a talk like uh, we had a talk yesterday about just team successes. Yeah, and everybody's about individual successes today, and it's so um, it's different when you really really speak of group things and team things and us things, not me things, and that's why I pour into. The hunting game, the softball game, the baseball game, whatever it may be, any competitive piece and any competitive group, that's, to me, what it's all about. I love it. We're up against the clock here. we got to get out of this segment. Uh, Jace, thanks for being with us this week to talk about those passions of yours, the community that you're helping to build. If you've got a story or a lesson that you've learned, we'd love to hear about it. Uh, you can get a hold of me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at T underscore Maples. You can connect with the show pages at Outdoor underscore Hour. Send us the lessons you've learned. Let us know that you want to be on the show. Seriously, we would love to have you on to tell your story. Um, I want to say a couple more thank yous before we get out of here. First to Oakie Land Bowhunters. They have done so much for us. 325 Opportunity Drive down in Norman is the place to go. If you're looking to get a tune-up on your archery equipment, maybe you're in the market for a crossbow, maybe you just need some extra, you know, you need a new D-loop tied on your string or a peep sight or something like that, or you're in the market for a whole new archery setup, go talk to the guys, Bryn, Chris, 
Ethan, everybody down at Oki Land Bow Hunters. They are so knowledgeable. They're so helpful. They may bust your chops a little here and there, but you know it's all in good fun. Uh, we love those guys down at Oki Land Bow Hunters. They hooked me up this year. I love the elite terrain that I've been shooting this year. Um, we know a couple people that have gone out and picked up that bow since I've been talking about it, and I can't recommend it more. Uh, but Oki Land Bow Hunters, 325 Opportunity Drive in Norman. We gave away a bear hunt with them last year. We gave away a mule deer hunt for this year. We've got something else on the horizon as well, so keep your eyes and ears open uh, down at Oki Land Bow Hunters. And finally, I want to talk about J.D. Adams and Company Fly Fishing Outfitters here in Oklahoma City. Did you know there's a fly fishing outfitter here in OKC? You bet. J.D. Adams and Company is Oklahoma's only full-service fly fishing outfitter. They have a wide selection of rods, reels, apparel, brands like Orvis, Sims, Howler Brothers. J.D. Adams offers casting lessons, intro to fly tying classes, fielded uh, guided field trips. I mean, they've got everything going on down there. And it's just a great place to go hang out, too. They literally have couches and a beer fridge, and it's just a cool spot to go. Um, they are located on the northwest corner of North May and 122nd in Oklahoma City. Get over there and check it out. But you need to go between now and February 26th, and here's why. We are giving away an all-expenses-paid trip to Yellowstone fly fishing in the National Park this summer. We're going to take guides from J.D. Adams. Uh, I'm getting to go on this trip. Um, it's going to be a blast. We're going to go fly fishing for about five days in Yellowstone National Park. Your airfare, your meals, your lodging, all of that is going to be taken care of. Plus, you're going to get $1,000 in shop credit if you win. So you can get a new, you know, nice rod set up, a full setup of waders, boots, rod. You know, you can get a lot of flies for $1,000, whatever it is you need. Get on over to J.D. Adams & Company. Again, it's on the northwest corner of North May Avenue at 122nd. Kind of tucked back behind. I think it's a CVS that's right there on the corner. But look for the sign that says the fly shop. It's J.D. Adams and Company. Well, that's going to do it for the Outdoor Hour this week. Again, connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at T underscore Maples. Find the show page at Outdoor underscore Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. If you want to in, uh, inquire about advertising inside the Outdoor Hour, you can send me an email at taylor.m at tylermedia.com. That's going to do it for the Outdoor Hour. Jace, thanks for being with us in this final segment, my friend. Always nice to chat with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Always we will... nice to come on and chat a little bit. Yeah, we love it. we got some work to do now, huh? Yes, we do. All right. We'll see It'll you out there. will be fun work, though. Yep. Let's get after work. it. Perfect. Well, have a good practice today, buddy. Um, thanks for being with us inside the Outdoor Hour. Until next time, go boldly, and we'll see you outdoors.